We thank you for coming. And what a great day to gather as fathers. And I wonder if, if you're a father, would you rise up, please, and let us see you? Who are the fathers that are here? <laughs> wow. Isn't that amazing? I once uh, was working with a session, and I said, oh, no, you're not finished. <laughs> and this session, I said to them, well, what are you doing for youth work? Who is your youth leader? Oh, we have 14 youth leaders. Four, I never heard of that, 14 youth leaders. They turned out to be the fathers. And I thought, what a program that is. Here are the youth leaders of the church. <laughs> Thank you for it. And we salute you. And I want to charge you to be diligent in your labors as fathers, heads of household. Uh, it, you could come to take it for granted, but I know you won't. It's a solemn, wonderful responsibility. And one day, these little ones uh, will be leaving you. And that's a sad moment in a way. But don't make it a moment of regret. Oh, I wish I had done more with him or with her. Um, no. Fill these days of training your young people with happy things, great memories, new experiences. Uh, my mother was one of those ladies who wouldn't leave the home. She was so tied to it, she didn't seem to want to go anywhere. But my father saw that need in us. He took us for trips to New York City to stay in a hotel. He took us up the Saguenay River into northern Canada. He found all kinds of ways to expose us to the wonders of human life. And do that with your children. May cost you a dollar here or there. That's money well invested as you pour your life into your children with imagination. And mainly, there's a great verse of scripture I want to leave with you. It is, seek the heart of your child. Get their heart. That takes some doing because there are a lot of influences, even people out there who want their hearts. And they want to give it sometimes where you don't want it to go. But do everything you can to gain their heart in your heart. You will never regret it. And thank you for standing up. You may sit down. <laughs> it's a long sermon, so you better get seated. Uh, it's a great joy for me and a rich privilege. Usually I'm sitting over there, sometimes giving modest advice to the guest preacher. That, that's not good. If you see me doing that, throw something at me. Uh, but stop me. We want to read as our scripture today from John chapter 14.
Let us pray before we read God's word. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. This is Jesus talking. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Why would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know the way where you are going. How can we know it? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father. Philip was a little bit uh, slow there in the uptake, but we're going to use his sentence anyway. We need to examine what Philip was after, show us the Father. The members of the Trinity are to be studied and communed with separately. We're all a little nervous about separating the members of the Trinity. They are one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yet, In the Bible, they are treated uniquely. And the communion that you and I are to have with the Blessed Trinity is to be along the line of a communion with the Father, a communion with the Son, and a communion with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a uniqueness in each one of these communions. That is, the believer communes with the Father And the uh, avenue that brings the believer and the Father together, you guessed it, it's his love. That's the Father's nature, love. That's who he is. Now, of course, he has a background, which is also uh, sternness and discipline. But the foreground is the love of the Heavenly Father, so that when uh, Rick Holmes pronounces the benediction, he says, the love of God the Father, usually. And that's what God wants us to realize, that we have this special, distinct relation with each member. Now, when it comes to the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the avenue that connects us with him is grace. You remember how Paul said, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And he who was rich in grace became poor that we might be rich. Rich in grace, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when you approach him in this distinct and unique way that you have of relating to him, Be aware of his grace to you in giving you salvation and spiritual gifts 
and a fellowship of a church and so on. Thank him for his grace. But you must return that which the members of the Trinity give to you. So you return grace in exchange for his grace. Now what would that be? That might be a ministry that you have undertaken to glorify Christ in service or some other way. It's something you do uniquely for Jesus Christ. That's returning grace for grace. So there is that response. In terms of the Holy Spirit, he communes with us at the level of comfort, encouragement, fellowship, peace, the fruits of the Spirit that come from him. And we're endowed with the riches of the Christian life because we have the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And we love him. I once, uh, in the Columbia Church, came upon a, as I came in for a little early for the Maundy Thursday communion, I saw a camper parked in the parking lot. Now, in that church at that time, parking was at a premium. Who is parking in our parking lot? So I knocked on the door. I said, may I help you? Oh, I'm looking for the truth. Can I find it here? He had an out-of-state license. I said, I hope so. I think so. Come in. But what truth, sir, is it that you're looking for? He said, I know the love of the Father, and I know something of the love of the Lord Jesus, but I don't know the love of the Holy Spirit, and I came looking for the love of the Spirit. Can I find him here? I hope so. He stayed two months with his camper, and then I had, toward the end of that time, I had to go out of town, and when I came back, the camper was gone, and here was a note. I found the love of the Spirit. And he wrote there the reference that had saved him from despair, Romans 15, 30, for the love of the Spirit. You want to know the members of the Trinity uniquely and distinctly from each other. There's great blessing there, without, of course, separating the wonder of the triune God. But in this uh, brief message, we're looking especially at the Father, Father's Day, the eternal Father, the Father in heaven. And he is separated out uh, in Scripture for adoration and praise. You can find him there throughout, especially, of course, in the Old Testament, and the passage which was read for us this morning so beautifully by David was that great passage of Moses uh, describing the wondrous grace and love of our merciful Heavenly Father. We sell him short when we think of him as mainly a judge or a lawgiver. Well, there is that complex side of him, yes, but he's far more than that. He's, his essential 
characteristic, his very nature is love. It was the devil that would want to make us think of him in unworthy terms. So rejoice in his love. Find the passages in the scripture in which his love is so prominent. That's the love of the Father. Dwell in it and uh, enjoy it uh, as it comes to you. And it comes in all kinds of ways, in scripture and in acts of great love. Uh, Remember Jesus said, I will not uh, pray for you that the Father will bless you. The Father himself will bless you. Jesus refused to take away that separation in persons. The Father himself will bless you. The Father himself loves you. And you think your earthly fathers are full of love, and I know they are, but... They can't hold a candle to the wonderful effulgence of the love of God the Father. So dwell in it. Find passages in Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, that refresh your hearts and make you thank him for his gracious, kind love. Now, he wants us to appreciate his love. That's why he keeps describing himself that way. He wants us to receive that love, to feel it, to know in our hearts the warmth that there is a heavenly father who is close to me. And even in my sorrow or my sickness or my loneliness or any of the conditions of human suffering, the father is there. He's full of compassion, full of mercy, full of understanding, full of love for me. And maybe those closest to you are not providing all the love you might want. We all need it. Turn to the Heavenly Father. Find time and and place and quiet just to absorb his wondrous love. He wants to do that. And it means that we are commanded in response, to uh, love him in return. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and mind and soul and strength and thy neighbor as thyself. But it's first to love the Lord your God with your whole being. Find ways to express that love. Uh, Ways, extravagant ways, ways people haven't thought of before. That neighbor across the street that you're a little bit shy to meet and talk to. Think, arm yourself with a huge bundle of the love of God and walk over there and share some of that love with a newcomer on the block. You'll be glad you did. And when God receives love from us, he returns it to us. He restores it. He's not a debtor. He doesn't owe us anything. He he returns fivefold the bunches of love that we give him. For example, he merges his mind with our minds. 
so that the mind of God actually sort of mingles with our own mind and, and cleanses and elevates our thinking and opens up new avenues of thought and meditation. And he mingles his spirit with our spirit. So that a spirit that has been downcast or self-centered or mistreated or victimized or something, that spirit can be healed and lifted up when it's mingled with the very spirit of the Father God, that spirit of love. When he returns the love to us, certain characteristics uh, will abide in it. For example, there is a rest in the love of God. We often think we have to work for people's rest, please them, do favors, so on, to gain some rest. No, not so with God. He loves to bestow rest upon our souls. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Sometimes that's the most we can do for a wearied family member or neighbor. We can provide some rest, and that's exactly what God loves to do for you. You're, you may have a tired soul, a weary body, uh, and burdened with bills or obligations. Let God rest your soul. And there's also, uh, when he when he responds to our loving him, he, he causes a delight to rise in our hearts, a great delight. Do you delight in God? He wants us to, to rejoice in him. Go back to the Psalms. That's a place of great delight. Oh, some of those Psalms, learn them. Re recite them when you're in need of a new batch of delight. God uses scripture to delight the hearts of his people. You know how you like to delight your children's hearts with a Christmas gift or with a birthday party. How much more does the eternal Father love to delight you? And he produces in us a strange thing. I'm not exactly sure what to call it, but I'm gonna call it reverence. There's a certain awe that comes when you begin to ponder on the love of God. Uh, it comes deep from deep in the soul. It's a ministry of the Holy Spirit in you, producing this, this sense of awe. Uh, in a moment, if I can, I'm going to describe that uh, in terms of Isaiah, his sense of awe. And so uh, God gives us that. Watch for it and let yourself feel the depth of actually standing in the presence of the creator of all things, the father of all that is, the designer, the one who always has been, who had no beginning and has no ending, our God and Father. Realize him and reverence him. And perhaps the, the most practical um, 
fruit that God gives us in response to our loving him is obedience. When you really love God, there's no trouble to obey his law. The law doesn't get in the way. It's a real vehicle to please him. And he loves to hear us obey the commands uh, from Exodus 20 or the other uh, commands of Scripture. He loves to see us take his word seriously and do it. That's obedience. Obedience is a, a gift of God. We can't, sounds like we might be able to stir it up on ourselves, but not the kind of obedience I'm thinking of. This is the obedience that says, here am I, Lord, send me. It's the obedience William Borden felt when God called him to go to northern China where the Muslims there had never heard of Christ. Yes, sir, and he took perhaps a hundred men from Yale with him. Read his life if you haven't read it before, William Borden. He said yes to Lord, to something that seemed impossible, never been done before, and he set out to do it with his friends. See, God comes to us in response to our loving him, and he loves us even more. You have the same delight in your mate or your children when you shower love on them and it comes back to you how good it feels. And that's God with his feeling when he showers love on us and responds to our love. He is delighted. We can cheer the heart of God when we respond properly to his love. And I want to just go a step further here and speak of how the Father... Uh, through the blessed Holy Spirit um, creates love in us. The creator is the one who can foster love in people and in groups. Some churches don't have very much love. They don't seek to be together. They don't have much to talk about. They don't converse in between services and so on. They're They're rather dead, sadly, but not this church. There is a love in you. I see it and feel it. And even though I'm somewhat limited in taking um, part in the various activities because Betty Jane's not able to do that, she wanted to come today and be with you. And she's praying for us. And there are something like 250 people in the Columbia Church today who coveted to pray for us, that we might feel and know the love of God when we gather together. That love of the Holy Spirit is a very precious thing. There is a love for the Father and a love of the Son. The Lord Jesus surely loves us. And there's the love of the Holy Spirit And that love is a love of great encouragement and tenderness and understanding. It's the friend that never leaves you. It's the Holy Spirit's 
love for you. So today we're focusing mainly on the Father and his love and his grace. But we mustn't forget the love of the Lord Jesus and of the Holy Spirit when we separate out just for discussion and worship of the members of the Trinity. So what a day we have, a Father's Day, to thank God for our human fathers, to thank the Father God for his creative and wonderful work in establishing us in Christ. Think of that. We've been raised uh, out of death into life, and we have the hope of heaven in our hearts. And when the world all around us is crumbling to a degree, our eyes are lifted up. This world is not our home. We're just a passing through. And in heaven, we shall see him face to face, the eternal Father. He is a spirit. Only the Lord Jesus will have a body in heaven, but his presence will be so powerful on the throne of his glory that we'll be as if we could see him. He will be what the Bible calls palpable, that is, feeling without seeing, because we'll be in the great presence of his wonderful love forevermore. My friend Dick Halverson used to tell the story of a person who died and gone to heaven and Peter was showing him around. And uh, they went into these various buildings and they were wonderful. God's presence was there. And finally, this person said, where are all the people? Oh, he said, didn't you know? It's always been about you. That's the way God feels about you as an individual. It's all about you. Just like for each one of your children. It's all about them. You love them. So I challenge you as fathers today to transmit the love of God to your precious children so much so that it comes out their ears. They feel your love so deeply. Let us pray together. Our Heavenly Father, how can we respond to your great love? The Father God who created us in your own image so that your ability to think and feel and act has been conveyed to us, no, nothing else in all your creation can do these things. You've given us your image of thought and decision and emotion, and we praise you for that. Oh, Lord, develop our love for you even deeper and fuller, we pray, and may it be shown in our love for each other we ask all these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.